morning, everyone. My name's Steve George. If you don't know who I am, if you're not a regular attender of our church, and I'm one of the leaders here in the church, uh, so I'm going to be leading this morning a few songs. But just before we do that, let's uh, come together and let's just uh, pray to the Lord. Thank you. Father, we thank you this morning that you are God, that you're our God, that you're our Father, and that you care for us and you love us. And Lord, we are just so delighted to be here. We're so delighted to come to the creator of all things. Lord, to lift up your name and to tell you how amazing you are. Lord, we just want to glorify you this morning. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name.
This week, the government have outlined some changes and that we will be moving to phase three. It will be a, a kind of phased uh, move into phase three. Um, but I don't know about you, I'm, I, I would just kind of begin to eagerly anticipate being together again as, as church family. And I'm looking forward to that, to being here in the building. Um, and, you know, I, I just appreciate that for some people, that's going to be such a massive, massive step um, because... Uh, the 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 situation that we've been in has affected us all in different ways, um, and so I just want to explain a little bit about how we're going to do that. And I felt the best way to do that. We've had a little team working on that over the last uh, couple of weeks, two or three weeks. And what I want to do is to write to everybody and just explain where we're at and how we're going to do things as we uh, begin to meet in the building again. And uh, we'll, we want to record that so that there's a video communication as well. So that'll be on uh, Facebook, YouTube, church website, and all those types of things as well. Uh, so you'll be able to find that information there too. And uh, so we want to really uh, communicate with the church how we intend to, to meet back uh, as church again. And so looking forward to, to that. Um, I also wanted to just kind of say uh, thank you to, to the church for... The, the faithful giving, financial giving over uh, the last few months. And it really has been incredible. I have never once asked people uh, for money. We've not done offerings and done all that kind of stuff. But really, as a church, you have excelled. And I just wanted to thank you, uh, church, for continuing to support the, the, the mission of the church here. Um, and really, I've been really humbled by that and moved by that. So I just wanted to to say a really heartfelt thank you uh, on behalf of uh, the leadership of the church for your continued support and giving. And, uh, you know, I just it's just a massive, massive thank you. And I'm so encouraged by where we're at as a, as, as a church. And so I'm looking forward to, to what God is doing in the church. I don't know. I don't know about you. I feel excited about what God wants to do in this church, what he has been doing. Uh, even over the last uh, little while during lockdown, some of the things that have been going on has been encouraging. And we want to continue to develop an online presence, uh, not just by doing church online like this, but actually uh, using all sorts of social media uh, outlets. You know, we've had a little uh, shot at that before, but it's something that we've, we've just kind of realized the that we want to develop that more fully. And so we're going to be looking at that. We're in the middle of looking at that at the moment. 
On Wednesday nights, we've been meeting uh, using Zoom to pray. And so we're going to continue to do that uh, over the next number of weeks. Um, normally, we have a break from activities during the summer. Um, but we're continuing to do church online over the next few weeks. And we will continue to do our Zoom uh, prayer meetings over the next few weeks as well. And then, as I say, we'll try and communicate with you, hopefully next week, uh, just exactly what we're going to be doing. One other announcement, and that next week, next Sunday, uh, we will have uh, a guest speaker with us online, of course, not in the building. Uh, we're going to have Mark Ritchie come and share a message with us. This is the Mark Ritchie who comes up to the Fringe and uh, who does his shows at the Fringe. And Mark has uh, shared a message with us, which we want to just get out there. And Can I just encourage you to share that with your friends? Share it on Facebook, email people, let them know that it's going to be happening. And uh, Mark's going to bring in a really encouraging message about freedom, about this whole uh, this whole idea about whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so Mark's going to be sharing with us. So I, I want to encourage everyone to really engage with that uh, fully. So the title of what we want to talk about today is Don't Let Difficulties Destroy Your Dreams. And uh, one of the things I've been thinking about, uh, it's been encouraging just to hear some of the testimonies in the church. And I want us to really think about uh, a little initiative called Faith Stories. I think we need to hear each other's faith stories, stories uh, which may be about how you became a Christian or stories about how God is continuing to answer prayers in your life. We want to hear about that and we want to encourage the church through hearing your faith story. So if you have a, a faith story, it might, it might be your, your testimony about how you became a Christian, it might be something that God's been doing in your life. We want to hear about that. And if you would be happy uh, to take my role uh, and be on this side of the camera, we can video you and just share that out with the church and uh, possibly wider. So if you want to share your faith story, then we'd love to hear that. And so get in touch with me. And I was just thinking lately, I've been, I've been doing a lot of reminiscing, uh, reflecting over the lockdown period. I, I don't know about you, um, maybe it's caused us to, to think about life, think about uh, our priorities, what's important. I've thought about the highs and the lows. I've thought about the celebrations and the challenges. I've thought about the happy times and the hard times. And I've also thought about the people that have been part of my journey uh, through life. So many people, and I, I try to keep in touch with as many people as I can. It might not be as often as I would like, but I try to keep in touch with people uh, from my past and I've also thought about the call of God on my life. Uh, I've been thinking about that recently. And I can truly say that God has been good all the way through. And I can put my hand in my heart and actually say that there's no testimony without a test. I'm going to flick that up on the screen there. There's no testimony without a test. If you want to have a story, a faith story, then we need to understand that there's going to be a test of our faith. Testing times are those times when difficulties can destroy our dreams. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Have you ever had a dream that was destroyed by the tests and trials of life? I have. I've had things which I dreamt about, things which I wanted to see happen. And through life circumstances, they just seem to have got eroded away. Maybe not totally destroyed, but they've never came quite to fruition. 
But the thing is, in order to have a faith story, in order to have a dream, then we need to be living beyond our own resources and often outside of our comfort zone. You see, if we want to have a faith story, that needs to have faith in the mix. And when we have faith in the mix, we need to be out with our own scope, our own resources, our own abilities, whatever that might be. And if we choose comfort over calling, then we'll miss out on so much of what God wants for us in our lives. And as we think about the life of Joseph, then we can see these types of things, these types of themes in his life. He had a faith story, but there's no testimony without a test. And Joseph's faith was tested time and time and time again. And we're going to think about that just over the next uh, few minutes. We'll try and be quite succinct with this. You know, it's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, Joseph. And we read about him in Genesis chapter 37. Uh, We actually read about him before that, but this is where it kind of kicks in. And Genesis 37 verse 2 says, this is the account of Jacob. Now, I read that and I thought, this is the account of Jacob. And then it goes on to talk about Joseph. So I thought, I want to actually read the account of Jacob. And I went back in my Bible, I flicked back the pages on my iPad, so I wasn't actually flicking back pages, but that's beside the point. And I began to read the story of Jacob. And as I thought about Abraham, Isaac, and uh, Jacob, and thought about this family, I realized that it was a family, (coughs) excuse me, a family that's full of dysfunction. It was a dysfunctional family, and yet God chose to fulfill his purposes through this particular family. And can I just say that God is at work even in the middle of the chaos of our circumstances. Even in the midst of COVID-19, even amidst the chaos of all the things that we've seen, the disruption of life, the disruption of industry, the disruption of schools, the disruption of churches, the disruption even to our daily living, our shopping, and all these things, we have seen incredible disruption. And yet God is at work, even in the middle of the chaos of the circumstances. People have been coming to faith. People have been coming Christians. People have been seeking God. People have been tuning in to church online and doing all these incredible things. And the church has been growing There have been other things happening, I believe, challenges that the church has faced at the same time. As I thought about this, this is the account of Jacob. I wanted to read about Joseph, but I felt I had to go back and read about Jacob. Jacob's name, Joseph's father, Jacob, his name means supplanter. His story is a difficult story to read about. It's a challenging story. He cheated his brother Esau out of his birthright, out of his blessing, And he had to go on the run for his own life. He had to uh, run from uh, his brother Esau because Esau was out to get him because he cheated him. And so we read about Jacob spending 21 years with his uncle, Uncle Laban. And he fell in love with one of his daughters. Her, Her name is Rachel. And so he decided he wanted to win her hand in marriage. And he said, what do I need to do? And his uncle Laban says, well, if you work for me for seven years, you can have Rachel uh, as your wife. And so he, he, he began to do that. He looked after his uncle's flocks. And seven years' time, 
He uh, got married to the girl of his dreams, or so he thought, but his uncle had tricked him and he had been married to, to Leah instead, Rachel's sister. And uh, Jacob was just distraught with this. He thought, you've cheated me. Why have you done this? What do I need to do in order to win Rachel's hand? And, and he says, you need to work for me for another seven years. And so they fulfilled the customs of the time. And a week later, he married Rachel. And then he had to work for his uncle Laban for another seven years. And his uncle was just a, a, a person who cheated him time and time again. And uh, we read that even, even in this story, uh, that Jacob loved Rachel, but he didn't love Leah. And it, it must have been a terrible, terrible set of circumstances. I, I look at that and I think dysfunction. Rachel was loved more than Leah. And we read in the story that Jacob had 12 sons to, to Leah uh, and, and to Leah's uh, maidservant, Billa, and to Rachel's maidservant, Zilpah, and then eventually to Rachel. And they had 12 sons and one daughter that we know about, that we read about in the Bible. And when Jacob's last son, Benjamin, was born, his wife, whom he loved, Rachel, died in the process of childbirth. And I look at this and I think, what a, an incredible set of circumstances. And if you read this story in the chapters preceding Genesis 37, um, I can't just remember the, the reference offhand how far back you need to go, but you'll find it in Genesis. And then we read about some of these boys of Jacob's. Um, they, they were just a treacherous bunch. Uh, Simeon and Levi were bloodthirsty men. Reuben slept with his father's concubine. Judah slept with his daughter-in-law thinking that she was a lady of the night. I'll use that type of language in case some of the younger ones are, are listening to the service today. And it was amidst the chaos and dysfunction that Joseph has these two dreams. He's born into this family. He has no choice about his circumstances. He is his father's favorite. There's, his brothers hate him because of that. His father makes him this really uh, beautiful robe. And, uh, and his brothers just can't stand Joseph, and he lives amidst this dysfunctional family. And we read in Genesis uh, chapter 37, uh, verses 6 to 7, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. He's talking to his brothers. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. He had a second dream, and this is what his second dream said. Then he had another dream and he told to his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and moon and the living stars were bowing down to me. His father got to hear about this dream as well and even he was a bit like, son, what, what are you talking about? Are, are we all going to bow down before you? Your brother's going to bow down before you. Your, your, your mum and dad going to bow down before you. And Joseph had these dreams but then what came after that was a set of difficulties that tried to destroy the dream. And it started with his brothers and it started with the fact that his brothers hated him. They hated him with a passion because he was his father's favourite. And Jacob sent Joseph out into the fields to, to, to find his brothers and to bring back a report. Remember, uh, I don't know if you remember reading this, that uh, Joseph brought back a bad report about his brothers and they were like... He's just ratted out on us and he's just such a, uh, we just can't stand this guy. So here he is, he's been sent out by his father to find his brothers and to bring back a report. 
And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 37, verse 19. Here comes that dreamer they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these systems and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. And that little line arrested me as I was thinking about this. Difficulties that destroy our dreams. The people sometimes that get in the way and try to destroy our dreams. They try to destroy us. They try to destroy you and me. And I don't know about you, you might find that in your family that there are people who try to destroy the dream that God has given you. People who come against your dream. People who are seem to be always uh, coming against the thing that God wants to do in your life. And it's a challenge and uh, a chore just to keep yourself on the right track. I don't want to focus so much on dream killers, that's a message in itself, but these moments, these difficulties that can destroy our dreams and think about that for a little moment. You see, difficulties have the potential to do a number of things in our lives and I'm going to flick them up on the screen here so that we can see them, uh, so that you can see them. Difficulties can define us, destroy us, drive us or develop us. And I want you to just think for a few moments about these points. Difficulties can define us or destroy us. We can choose which. You see, Joseph's difficulties would become part of his story and they defined who he was as a person. We read about these uh, stories thousands of years later. The stories, the accounts of this young man called Joseph. Joseph knew all about lockdown. Joseph knew all about isolation. First it was the the pit, then it was Potiphar's house, then it was the prison. You see, the dream was all about the palace, but he had to experience the pit and the prison before he got to the palace. Thirteen years. Thirteen years of lockdown. We think three months is bad. Thirteen years of lockdown. 13 years of having his freedoms taken away from him before he entered the palace and before the dream became a reality. But in all of this, Joseph chose his attitude. And I want to share something. I want to go back to a message that I shared in March the 29th this year. And quote a message. It was a a message entitled The Resilient Life. I don't know if you remember that one. And then that message, I quoted a man who wrote a book, Man's Search for Meaning. His name is Viktor Frankl, and this is what he said. We who lived in the concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. The last of the freedoms that we have. So many freedoms have been taken away from us during lockdown, during the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, which has affected the whole world. 
And yet in this, in these circumstances, we can still choose the attitude that we will adopt amidst the difficulties, amidst the challenges. Our lockdown journey has been a three-month journey, just over now. Joseph's lockdown journey was a 13-year journey between sharing his dreams to his brothers, his brothers throwing him into a pit, selling him to slave traders, who's then sold him on to a man called Potiphar, who then his wife, Potiphar's wife came uh, and tempted Joseph day after day after day, and yet he resisted that temptation. And then she accused him falsely, and Joseph was thrown into prison. Even in the prison, he met people where he would interpret their dreams, and, and uh, you know, in that circumstance, God gave Joseph favor. God uh, allowed him to, to have a, a privileged position in the prison, serving and, and, and looking after others. And uh, it was two years after uh, interpreting the dreams that, that he eventually emerged from lockdown to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. This is what it says in Genesis 39, verses 2 to 4. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put everything in charge, uh, put him in charge of everything in his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. What a privileged position. And then we read about this temptation, the relentless temptation of the advances of Potiphar's wife, and he resisted. And yet he was falsely accused. And in Genesis chapter 39, verse 20 to 23, it says that Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And it was just that little word, confined, I thought it resonated so much with where we've been over the last number of months, where uh, many of us will can, need to continue to be for some time yet, probably, if we're having to shield, feeling confined. Joseph was confined in the circumstances. But listen to this. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him, and he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything. To, uh, to, uh, sorry, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph, and gave him success in whatever he did. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, for Joseph, his difficulties defined him, rather than destroy him. He was able to choose his attitude so that the difficulties which he experienced became part of his journey, became part of his character development, became part of who God was refining him to be. A young, bold, arrogant 17-year-old became now a 30-year-old who has been through the mill, who has been through some experiences, who has been through some horrendous situations, but in whom God has been developing character, shaping him and preparing him to lead in the difficult times that would come in Egypt. Do you think in the times of isolation and his confinement, 
in lockdown? Do you think in those times he felt fear? Do you think in those times he felt lonely? Do you think in those times he felt isolated? Do you think in those times there was a sense of desperation arose within him? Think about those last two years of lockdown where he said, when you go back into Pharaoh's service, said to the cupbearer, remember me to Pharaoh, remind him that I'm here And yet for two more years, he remained in isolation. Do you think maybe doubts began to creep into his mind? Quite possibly. But in all of these things, in all of these things, he maintained a right spirit, a right attitude within him. You know, I've shared this before in the life of the church. One of the most important things we can do is to keep our spirit right in every circumstance and everything that comes against us to keep our spirit right. But there's one more verse that I want to reference, and it's when Joseph comes out of prison and stands before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh has this dream, and he shares the dream with Joseph. And he asks, can you tell me what this dream means? If you remember the story, it's the picture of seven uh, uh, fat ears of corn, and they're eaten up by the the skinny ears of corn, the seven fat cows that are eaten up by the seven uh, lean and and, and the Pharaoh says to Joseph, what does it mean? What's, what is all this about? What's going to happen? I can't sleep at night for this dream. And Joseph had a moment where he could have said, well, actually, I'm the guy that you want to come to to talk about dreams. I'm your man. I am the guy. I am brilliant at interpreting dreams. I have had so much experience. God has spoken to me through dreams. You know, he didn't say anything like that at all. This is what he said. (coughs) He said, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. We read that in Genesis 41, 16. I can't do it, but God will give you the answer that you need. God was in the middle of the circumstances with Joseph, giving him favor, and God was there to answer the Pharaoh's cry as well. Joseph was careful to give God all the glory rather than boast about his own giftedness. And I'm sure that lockdown, isolation, restriction, loneliness, desperation, doubts, and possibly fear have been part of our experience these last few months. And like most, this experience has been a roller coaster, full of highs and lows, and I appreciate how low some of the lows have been for some people. But when you take a look at Joseph's life over the 13 years, His was full of highs and lows as well. Life is like that. Our difficulties can define us or destroy us. Can I encourage you to allow your difficulty to define you in a good way? And let's not allow our difficulties to destroy our faith, our desire to serve God, or even our relationships with others. Our difficulties can drive us. Difficulties can drive us to our knees before God. And as we were thinking about this, Mary and I were chatting about this because we've been in that place on many occasions ourselves where our difficulties have forced us to get down on our knees before God, but we recognized that for some people, sometimes difficulties can have the opposite effect and they can distance us 
from God. Rather than crying out to God, we become distant from God. And that's a challenge. Let me say with gentleness and with a pastor's heart, in this world we will have trouble. But fear not, for the chief shepherd, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ himself has said, I have overcome the world. I say that with respect. I say that out of love. I say that as a pastor's heart. This is what Jesus said the world would be like. But we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. Our job is to keep our heart and spirit right before God, to allow our difficulties to drive us to our knees. Also, our difficulties can develop us. We can grow through that. This verse says that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Our difficulties can develop us. As we experience difficulties, it's like if we want to do something that's difficult physically, I've been doing some things uh, that require physical effort. I've done things like that in the past, like weight training and cycling and all these things. And we experience physical difficulties, but in the process, we're building up our muscles. We're building up strength. And our difficulties and our challenges, spiritual, emotional, physical, can develop us and make us stronger people. I said earlier that there's no testimony without a test. And in order to come through the fires of testing, to have character, to have maturity, to have faith, to have perseverance, to have patience, should we make the right choices, we need to stick to God like glue. Listen to what Romans chapter 5 verses, and, and sometimes these verses can be a great challenge to us. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Rejoicing in our sufferings? Seriously? Rejoicing because of the things that are going on just now? Listen to what it says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given. God is continually pouring into our lives. This is why we need to allow our difficulties to define us and not destroy us. We need to allow our difficulties to drive us to our knees as we come before God in prayer. And we need to allow our difficulties to develop character, to develop perseverance and endurance within us. Let me say something really, really clearly, church. I thought that becoming a pastor would be this fantastic, wonderful, joy-filled ride. I'm only kidding. I didn't. I realized that becoming a pastor would have its challenges. I hadn't realized maybe just quite so much how moving from being Andrew's associate pastor to becoming the lead pastor in the church, how challenging that would be. But let me just say that in the difficulties, 
I have found personally that my spiritual muscles have developed. And we've walked some difficult roads with some people, some really challenging roads with some people. Even in the last five years almost, since uh, since Andrew moved on down to, uh, to the east end of Glasgow, we have had to walk some difficult journeys with, with some of you folks. And we, we just want to say, I, I want to say, on behalf of Mary and I, from the bottom of our hearts, that we love this church. We love the people in this church. Every single one of you, we love you. We love this church. And we want to see God's purposes prevail in this church. And in all the difficulties, if we will choose to adopt the right attitude, if we will choose to keep our spirit and heart right before God, then our difficulties will define us. Our difficulties, they may drive us to our knees. They very well uh, may, and that, that's not a problem. That's a good thing that we do that. And our difficulties will develop us. And we need to remember that in the midst of difficulties and challenges, what has God said? I will be with you. I will be with you always. Jesus said that. I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age and difficulties could come from all sorts of places. They can come from within our thoughts. Sometimes we need to change our thinking. The Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Sometimes those difficulties, are they come from within our own bodies. And I know that there are many in the church who are challenged by physical circumstances. And I want to encourage you today and pray for you again. Father, we just pray that you would come. And Father, for those who need a touch in their body, right now we pray that you would come and that you would visit them and that you would touch them in their bodies, that you'd bring healing uh, to bodies which are in difficulty just now. And Father, we pray for a release of faith and we pray for a release of health into physical bodies today. People who are struggling emotionally, physically. Difficulties that arise from the circumstances or the people that are in our sphere day in and day out. Difficulties that arise from spiritual forces because we need to remember Ephesians 6 talks about this, that our battle is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, against spiritual forces, against rulers in this evil world. There's a spiritual battle going on and the devil wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy your dream. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy everything about you. We read that in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. Can I encourage us to reach out in faith for that life today, to hold on to God in the midst of the difficulties, whatever you're experiencing today, this week, this month, that you hold out to God. And sometimes the difficulties can arise because our faith is being tested and sometimes God tests our faith. Sometimes there are things which we feel are difficulties, but actually it's God that's testing our faith. And at the end of this, I want to just remind us about a little verse in the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, where it says, Don't lean on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I've, I've, I've missed a bit there. <laughs> Uh, trying to quote it. Sometimes uh, when I'm in front of this camera, 
uh, then I, I just tend to forget things. But let me let me read to you. This is my paraphrase of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. This is what I wrote down. And this has been a guiding principle for my life, even since I was very young. Listen to what it says. This is my paraphrase. Run to the Lord, the self-existent, eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful God for refuge with the whole of your inward being, all that makes you who you are as a person. Don't rely on your own resources, ideas, or knowledge as your means of support in the difficult times. Instead, in every area of your life, emotional, physical, spiritual, know God's presence in the middle of it. Trust God. From within you, he will guide you onto the path, a well-worn path, a well-worn way that will lead you deeper into his presence and purpose for your life. In all your ways, run to God, acknowledge God, bring God into everything. Allow the difficulties to define you, to drive you to your knees, and to develop character within you. Choose the right attitude. Choose how you will approach this even today. Maybe maybe for some of us this is a challenge today. Don't let the difficulties destroy you, but define you as you emerge from them stronger. Choose a good attitude. And maybe that's a choice that we need to make hour by hour, rather than day by day, depending on your circumstances. Don't let difficulties distance you from God, but drive you to your knees as you seek him. The Bible says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And when we ask, we'll receive. And when we seek, we'll find. And when we knock, the door will be opened. And if you're not asking, seeking, and knocking, then how can God answer? Keep looking to God. But allow the difficulties to develop your character and to mature you as a Christian. Can I just encourage you, church, today to really think about this? I know how challenging the last few months have been for some more than others. I want to encourage you to stick in, to stick to God like glue and to hold on just with everything that's within you to all that God has for you. So let's just finish off by saying a little prayer. Father, we thank you for your incredible power that is at work within us. Father, we thank you that you're developing character within us, that you're developing perseverance and endurance within us. Father, in every difficulty, in every situation that, that sometimes we just don't want to be in, Father, uh, but we recognize that in the middle of that, you can do incredible things in our lives. You can be strengthening us and developing character within us. And so, Father, we, we just want to give ourselves to you and to the whole process that you put us into. And so, Father, we pray, lead us and guide us in this. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. May we know your presence in every situation, Father. Lord, I pray specifically for those who are struggling today. Lord, for those who need uh, just that encouragement, Lord, I pray that you would just speak those words of encouragement into their hearts today. Lord, help them to realize that the things which are, they're struggling with, that you're there with them in that, and that you can bring them up out of that stronger. To bring them back up out of those situations, uh, a renewed person, a better person. 
And so, Father, we pray that you would bless each one of us. Bless this church. Bless every family that is represented. Father, every guest who's with us today online. Father, we pray your blessing upon them and a, a blessing upon their families. In Jesus' name. <coughs> Just before we finish off, I've spoke a lot about some of the things in the Bible about how we approach things as Christians. Maybe you've been experiencing difficulties, but you're not a Christian and you don't have God in your life and you've not known what it is to have somebody in your life who's there, who's a support, who's an encouragement, who's cheering you on, who loves you and who's uh, sent his own son Jesus to die for you. Maybe you've never experienced that. The Lord wants you to experience that today. The Lord wants you to experience a new life, life in all its fullness, an abundant life, a full life, a life filled with joy, even in the middle of difficult circumstances. That's what God wants to do for you today. And I'm going to pray a little prayer. I know that I've went over my time because of a little clock telling me how long I've got to go. But if you'll let me, I would love to pray a prayer. And if you feel that you want to pray that prayer, then you pray that prayer. And we're going to ask God to come in to your life today so that you can become a Christian, so that you can begin to understand this incredible relationship that you can have with God, the God who created everything, who created you, who loves you, and who wants to be part of your life. So let's just pray. You just repeat this after me, uh, either out loud or into your own heart, and uh, we're just going to pray this little prayer together. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that Jesus isn't in my life. But I ask that you forgive me, make me clean, and come into my life today and change me and make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, please send us a message, private messages. Send us a link through our, uh, so send, it, send us a message through the link on our website, uh, whitburnpentecostal.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you in this journey. And so church, I just want to close off by wishing you a, a fantastic week ahead. May the Lord bless you. May you just know God in the midst of your circumstances, cheering you on, saying that he loves you and that he uh, is for you and rooting for you and wants to, to give you this full life. May we experience that each this week in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. Amen. Do -do -do.